the squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, God save President Trump. God save President Trump. You know, God save the Queen. God save the King. Got that from the Brits. That's what their national anthem is, right? God save the Queen. God save the King. God save President Trump. Protect him. Preserve him. Uh, shield him from the forces of evil. This is evil. This is the height of corruption. This is beyond anything I ever could have conceived of, and I've been through a hell of a lot. Actually, 20 years ago today, right now, I was riding into Iraq on the back of a tank, and I never thought we'd be in this uh, position, right? I mean, America, something to be proud of, right? I mean, we have a constitution, we have, we have a system, we have, we have laws, we have protections, we have... I just... We have an amazing way of life. We have a wonderful standard of living. We have openness. I just, and it's, it's, it's all, it's all going away. It's all crumbling. This act, this thing that they apparently are on the verge of doing, indicting President Trump over total and complete nonsense. No one in the world, the left, the fake news will even concede this, would be prosecuted on this stuff. This check that was written, there's no victim here. This is all, the indictment apparently is related to the payment of $130,000 that ultimately reached Stormy Daniels, a.k.a. Stephanie Clifford. This is insanity. And, um, or, I guess when you hate somebody that much, when you hate somebody, Richard Nixon said, when you hate someone, you will destroy yourself. And if, is, maybe that's what's happening to the left. I know a lot of folks... On my side, are actually excited. Oh, this is guaranteeing the reelection of of Donald Trump, or at least the renomination. Um, being indicted is bad. Period. Being indicted is disruptive. Being indicted has got to be, on some level, personally hurtful uh, for President Trump. How could he be treated like this? They are so scared of the truth being unveiled. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still coming to terms with it. I still am hoping, praying that this does not happen. Indicting President Trump. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And um, you want to do something about it, right? We want to help. We want to do something. What can we do? He's, look, he's a big boy. He's been through a lot. He's, uh, he always wins. He always survives. And he will hear as well. He will triumph. Actually, how I started my Friday night show, I got that little jingle. Are you ready for this? Cut 17, please. Cut 17. Ultimately, I'm always right. <laughs> and keep this in mind, all right? Now, while this is going on, this nonsense over $130,000, which, by the way, I can totally defend. It's to, I'll get to the details of that, of that case, which is not a case. But we just found out last week, it was confirmed, a lot of us knew it for a long time, that the Bidens had received millions of dollars from the Chinese. Millions. Many, many millions. We don't know how much yet. But, uh, and we knew that based on investigative reporting, Peter Schweitzer, uh, they found, 
it's incontrovertible. Look at what Tony, Tony Bobolinsky reported. Um, we know that. However, last week was the first time that a government entity, uh, the House, what is it, the House Oversight Committee was able to establish that $3 million went to the account of Rob Walker, of which $1 million was distributed to Hunter Biden, James Biden, and Haley Biden. Yeah, the daughter-in-law, who Joe Biden had dinner with just two weeks ago, right? We didn't have that confirmed from a government entity. And James Comer was able to subpoena, I believe, the Bank of America, and they went to the Treasury Department, and they looked at the suspicious activity reports, at least some of them, and they were able to establish this basically in the first 10 minutes of their investigation. $1 million went from uh, the Chinese to Hunter Biden. Now, you got to remember this. And this happened in March of 2017. Joe Biden had left office two months earlier, okay? Uh, now, they always said that they never did business in China. Then they acknowledged they did business, but we didn't make any money. And now the, they're actually acknowledging that they made money. That statement that the Hunter's defense lawyers, they're panicking. They know. they We've got the goods on them. And they said this was, uh, you know, Hunter Biden had the right to uh, go into business with a legitimate Chinese firm. And the proceeds are reflect uh, good faith seed money. It's good faith seed money. And they said, oh, well, he was sharing uh, expenses with Haley Biden. And all this was legitimate, 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 legitimate. All right. Remember, first they said they made they did no business. Then they said they did business, but they lost money. And now we actually know that they made over a million. They've confirmed it. They have confirmed it. But Joe Biden, who said he would always level with us. Do you remember that? I'll always level with you. I swear to God, I will always level with you. So back to Trump being right. This is October 2020. President Trump versus Vice President Biden in the debate. Fall of 2020. This is quite a moment. All right. Listen to him. Remember, he's always right. Cut 17, please. Ultimately, no. I'm always right. Oh. Did I say 17? I'm sorry. I meant 18. One eight. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. It's terrible. Listen to Joe. Listen to what he's now we have again. Remember. We know because Hunter Biden's lawyers said so publicly that the money they received was from a legitimate uh, investment in a Chinese firm and it was seed money. All right. They've acknowledged they've gotten millions. Okay. They've acknowledged they've said so publicly. Cut 18, please. No, nope, sorry. Cut uh, 19, 19. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. He's lying. Flat out lying. A thousand percent lying. And we caught him. Everybody knows this. You can't just say, oh, this is a Breitbart News or this is, a, this is some guy on Twitter saying it. No, it's the United States Oversight Committee that has established this. And also confirmed by the Bidens themselves. So this is earth-shattering news. Okay? Uh, not only... Well, number one, the lie. And number two, what does it mean? What did he do for this money? Is he compromised? Of course he is. But now 
Will that be established in court, in Congress? Can they establish that? Obviously, the question, why does Joe Biden say he never wants, uh, what does he say? I don't want conflict with China. I want competition. I don't want conflict. They fly a balloon over our country. Uh, they violate our airspace and our national security. He says, we don't want conflict. We want, we want uh, co- competition, just competition. They, they, they kill a million of our people with COVID. We don't want conflict. We want competition. <laughs> Russia shoots down our drone. We don't want uh, conflict. We want competition. What is the common denominator is Joe Biden and this very strange non-confrontational stance. That's not America. We stand up for ourselves. And now they're going to come after Trump up to this $130,000. By the way, he didn't steal. They're not even alleging he didn't. He stole $130,000 or didn't pay taxes on it. Who's the victim here? Who is the victim? They they have no victim, but they need a victim. They actually need a victim. And here's something I'm going to tell you that you won't hear in too many places. Guess who the victim is? According to the prosecutors. You ready for this? According to the prosecutors, Donald Trump is the victim. They acknowledge that. They say he was the victim of a blackmail scheme. So you would think, okay, obviously you don't charge... You don't charge Donald Trump, right? If he's the victim. No, that's not the way. See, they're doing somersaults, backflips to get Trump. So one, they need a victim. They have to have that check in the block. They got a big matrix, right? Number one, to prosecute, you need a victim. So they're actually saying that the victim is Trump. Now that they forget that, they forget that. They put that aside. And they say by Trump giving $130,000, over to uh, the attorney of Stormy Daniels. That was furtherance of a crime. It's like if I get held up on the street, somebody points a gun at me and says, give me your wallet. Well, that's obviously a crime. But by my giving him my wallet, they're saying, I am assisting in that crime. I am aiding and abetting in the stealing. Now, they're counting on nobody understanding this and nobody bothering to learn about it. And those who know won't say it. They won't because the anti-Trump bandwagon is too big, too powerful. It's on its way. Get on board. Get smart. Don't screw with us or we'll come after you. Smarten up. That's the message. Uh, by the way, it's in this psychopath Mark Pomerantz's book. Mark Pomerantz is the, oh, gosh, evil, evil consultant that they brought in for no money, by the way. He volunteered. It was a passion project. To get Trump, and he spends his nights and weekends going through all this crap. How can we get Trump on a crime when there was no crime? So they came up with this nonsense. And then they want to tie it to the campaign finance, which is even more stupid. So how does he do it? Hey, the new Rush Limbaugh is, well, we'll, there will never be another Rush, right? But the person we turn to now, uh, an hour, and when we don't know what the hell's going on, you know, you used to go to Rush, you know, oh, Rush, what will you say about it? What, what's Rush going to say? Well, that person now is Mark Levin. And Mark Levin's kind of always had that role, but now more than ever, because we have no more Rush. He's an amazing guy. You can hear him every night on this radio station, six to nine, right? And uh, so he had a, he was on his show last night and uh, just some beautiful comments here and very, very insightful and Do me a favor, cut two, please, Mark Levin. The law perverted, and the police powers of the state perverted along with it.
The law, I say, not only turned from its proper purpose, but made to follow an entire contrary purpose. The law become the weapon of every kind of greed. Instead of mm. checking crime, the law itself guilty of the evils it is supposed to punish. And let me tell you something. When the people lose faith in the law, right. the country's done. That's exactly when right. And the people are losing faith in the law because the Democrat Party, Democrat prosecutors in Manhattan, a Soros prosecutor, wants them to lose faith in the law. Their whole goal is to destroy the civil society and the morality that undergirds it. That is the mission of the Democrat Party. He's right. He's right. Hey, by the way, Alvin Bragg is a rich kid, I found out. Alvin Bragg, you know, this whole, uh, oh, gosh, the cops hassled me when I was a... Uh, I had the uh, guns pointed at me all my life by cops, by bad guys, and uh, he's a big liar. And did you know he actually went to prep school with Donald Trump Jr.? He actually went to prep school with Donald Trump Jr. He's not a, he's not what he pretends. And, oh, by the way, uh, there's, some, uh, there's some things that he may not want coming out about him that are about to come out, all right? So uh, if he smartens up, he'll... Uh, this is not a case, all right? And you're fair game, pal. All right? You brought this on yourself. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. Good evening. Uh, there aren't any substantial overall returns on the coal union balloting today. But some of the toughest locals are yeah. voting to go back to work. This guy was the most pompous dude in the world. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you uh, may have liked him or whatever, but he was incredibly biased. Incredibly biased and took freebies from just about everybody. Uh, just, But I, I hear about Cronkite a lot. Like, oh, if only we could go back to the golden days of uh, of news. Well, it was always biased. It was always terrible. I mean, now they're o- a bit more open about how biased they are and how terrible they are. But you could see it back then, too. You could see it back then. Um, you know, when Ronald Reagan finished his inauguration speech in January of 1981, an amazing speech, right? Uh, Walter Cronkite's watching it. And listen to what he says right after the speech. Right after the speech. Well, first of all, let's hear the end of the speech. Cut 43. And after all, why shouldn't we believe that? We are Americans. God bless you and thank you. Yeah! All right, so after the applause died down a little bit, Walter Cronkite starts his commentary. You ready for this? There's only a brief interlude where he can say some things about Ronald Reagan. Listen to what he chooses to say. Cut 44. The inaugural address of Ronald Wilson Reagan. At 69, to be 70, early next month. The oldest man ever inaugurated as president. Certainly one whose appearance would defy that description. Native of Tampico, Illinois, graduate of a Eureka College, sportscaster, actor, captain in the U.S. Air Force, in domestic service, president of the union. Will you remain standing, please? The joint congressional... Did you catch all that? It was all the... (laughs) Eureka College! They were were grumbling, all right, because he didn't go to Yale. Uh, let's see, sportscaster, newscaster, like that's not presidential material. That's what the message is. Uh, this is the worst. Veteran of stateside service during World War II. Just one diss after the next. 
And then after he got a chance to speak again, I think he went on and on about how uh, this is the first divorced man we've ever had as president. Uh, what about two terms of the largest state in the country? No, I didn't get around to that one. Right, <laughs> Governor Reagan, also leader of the conservative movement for about 20 years before he became president. That started, I guess, uh, Barry Goldwater's convention. He came forward like, oh, my God, this guy was the leader of conservatives. And, oh, by the way, he had run for president twice before, 1968 and 1976. But you see, you see, can you feel the bias? Do you see it there, the contempt? They've always had it. They still have it, but now they don't hide it anymore. Now they don't dress it up. It's naked and raw. And they hate Trump, and they hate those of us who support him. Uh, And when you hate, though, you will destroy yourself. Now, who's this guy? Oh, John Bolton. I don't know if I want to use him for anything, but he's the, he's the biggest Trump hater there is. And he said on CNN that this uh, this what that this locks it. This means he's going to win. Let me hear this. John Bolton, the guy with the big mustache who hates Trump, used to be the ambassador to the U.N., helped get us into the foolish Iraq war, which started 20 years ago today. Thank you very much. All right, let's hear him. However guilty Trump may be and having very much in mind the one rule of law for everybody, if they indict and fail to convict in New York, uh, I think historians would look back and say, that is the act that reelected Donald Trump president. So I hope those prosecutors in New York are very, very certain of their case. Well, they ain't. <laughs> so actually, I kind of like that analysis. Do you want to do that? Because I always thought it would take something kind of, we need something supernatural to get Trump back there. And I always said, miracles have a habit of following this guy. Can he win? Yes. But it'll take a miracle. But miracles have a habit of finding Donald Trump. So uh, this could all be just great. But I'm a little bit nervous. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, by the way, I don't believe that Trump hooked up with Stormy Daniels, all right? Uh, but in October of 2016, you're running for president. You're moving at 1,000 miles per hour. And this picture emerges of uh, Trump with Stormy Daniels just standing there, innocent picture. Uh, and she apparently has a story she wants to tell that we hooked up, we did this, we did that. And I'm going uh, to spill the beans here. Uh, arrangements are made uh, through, I think, the National Enquirer. They're the ones who got this going uh, we don't want that story out there, your story, fake story, but we don't want it out there because you got this picture. I guess it could back it up uh, or could lend credence to your story. So uh, here's $130,000 to shut up. Uh, I can totally see that without the hookup. He's a billionaire. There is this picture of him with a porn star. And in 2016, maybe that was enough to be a scandal in and of itself. I don't know. I do know it's pretty hypocritical, quite frankly. You got half of the country addicted to porn. All right. Everybody's got every porn page in the universe at accessible in their damn phone. And uh, you'd be surprised. All right. You'd just be very surprised. Uh, at <laughs> it's, it's a bad thing, by the way. And porn addiction is a real thing. But let's not pretend. All right. Let's not pretend. Oh, my God. He's with a porn star. Oh, my God. And that, they're, they're having a great deal of fun. That's part of the reason why they're doing this, why they picked this, to rehash that moment, to get everybody's mind thinking that he hooked up with a porn star. Oh, by the way, there are plenty of guys out there who respect that. All right, there are. There there is that. We also already heard this, and he got 74 million votes in 2020. 
All right. In my opinion, most likely more legitimate votes than Joe Biden. But I can't prove that, actually. But that is my strong sense. But anyway, and that's my constitutional right to have that sense. Uh, so I don't think that there was an affair. I don't. And if he's hanging around with a porn star, so what? Jesus hung around with prostitutes. All right. Look at look at look at some of the people he talked to. And and that's that's a great thing. And I'm not going to judge anybody. Uh, although, well, Michael Cohen and Alvin Bragg, you guys are the worst lowlifes in the world right now. Absolutely inexcusable. Um, all right. So the, the, the $130,000 is a check is written actually in installments to Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen, who, oh, by the way, may have engineered this whole thing himself because he wants to appear useful. Michael Cohen is an, is, is, is an irritant. And he, what does he want more than anything else? He wants respect, and he wants admiration, and he wants, uh, what else should I want, Greg? What do you think? Oh, I want to be mayor of New York City. Yeah, I, I think I could be the mayor. Did I ever tell you about the time I walked across the Brooklyn Bridge with him, and the entire time he's telling me how he's going to be the next mayor of New York City? And I'm looking at him like he has 8,000 heads. So, Greg, why are you looking at me like that? Somebody's got to run. Somebody can do it. I can do it. I said, um, wh- uh, no, I don't think so. I really don't think that's the real. Why not? Why can't I do it? I said, well, uh, let's see. Reality, for one. You, got, you, got, you, you have to deal with reality. All right? <laughs> Number one. Uh, and that's it. I just saw, like, who is this guy? It's really the first time I ever talked to him, and the last time. Although I did see him on January 11th, 2017, in Trump Tower. That was right after President Trump had a big press conference. And you know what he looked like? First of all, he looked traumatized and weird and very, very sad that he wasn't going to the White House. I could be a, I, I could be a chief of staff. I could be deputy chief of staff. It was clear he wanted something. But Trump goes to the White House and doesn't take him. He took a lot of his trusted lieutenants. Why didn't he take him? Because he had this guy's number. Anyway, um, so I guess uh, Michael Cohen wrote the check for $130,000 and Trump pays him back. And Stormy Daniels ultimately gets her money through that weirdo lawyer uh, Avenatti, right? Remember, he's involved in this. Got two convicted people. Two. Avenatti and Michael Cohen. How is it that they're, they're, they're heroes? They became heroes in all this. And Trump is... The... <laughs> um, so Cohen gets his money back. Avenatti gets his money. I presume that they gave that money to Stormy Daniels. Who's the victim? They have no victim. And this is not a tax issue. Yeah, but he he, he did not properly document. Shut up. You cannot go to jail. You can't be prosecuted for that. If I write you a check, I can put whatever the hell I want in the memo. I can say for services rendered. I could say have a nice day. I could put a smiley face in that stupid little thing. I could also leave it blank. All right, so he's not being prosecuted for that. Well, the hundred and thirty thousand uh, dollars is a tantamount to a campaign contribution because it helped Donald Trump's image. Shut the freaking hell up! If he put a hundred and thirty thousand dollars into his campaign war chest, which he had at the time, and didn't file the right paperwork, that might be a thing. But this is not that, and everybody knows it. Even the New York Times saying this is convoluted, speculative has never been tried before. What do they call it? A novel, not novel approach. Never been done before. It would be laughed out of court. This is not a case. He got, everybody got paid. It's amazing. We just find out that the Bidens get millions of dollars, possibly in bribes from the Chinese. Millions. Donald Trump writes a check with his own money to his lawyer 
And he's the one in trouble. Trump is the one in trouble. And, oh, remember how I was talking about, you know, all that money that came into the Bidens and we learned it last week and it was established by Comer, Chairman Comer, the Oversight Committee. Big, 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 big news, right? On the Sunday shows, Meet the Press, no mention. This week with George Stephanopoulos, no mention. To Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan, no mention. State of the Union with fake Jake Tapper, no mention. Fox News Sunday. They waited until minute 53, and they talked about it for eight seconds. Jason Chaffetz was able to say something about it for eight seconds. That's it. Eight seconds he got. Eight seconds. And then Juan Williams yells and screams and says, there's no evidence of that. There's no evidence of that. And then the host says, okay, let's change the topic. And they do. They just didn't. So it's eight seconds of Jason Chaffetz saying, you know, we should be talking about Joe Biden. He got millions from the Chinese. And then it's all a free-for-all for the next minute. You can't hear what's going on. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's just the strangest thing. And now I understand, though. It's so it's like everything is corrupt. Nothing, nothing matters. Nothing is real. Nothing is legitimate anymore. Everything's but everything's a fraud. Except. Except. Except our relationship with God that will always remain true. Oh, Bob Costello arrives at Manhattan Courthouse. He's got a story to tell and could present big problems for this uh for this alleged case against it's it's possible this doesn't happen. It is p- still possible. Uh, let's see here. Jay in New Jersey. Hello. Hello. Never mind. Uh, Bob in Los Angeles. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. All right, Greg. Yeah, uh, they're talking about they're making a big issue about the hundred and thirty thousand dollars the amount. How about uh, Bill Clinton? paying Paula Jones $850,000. A good point. And you know what? It wasn't even Bill Clinton. It, it was his insurance company. Chubb Insurance actually wrote that check in the end. $850,000. Yeah, it was Chubb. He was insured by Chubb, C-H-U-B-B. Um, yeah, Bill Clinton. Hey, um, uh, hey, Mike Bloomberg, who I like. Mike Bloomberg has been open about this. He's signed like 50,000 non-disclosure agreements with women. He talked about it on the debate stage. They were like, you must release these women. I cannot release them. They signed the paperwork. We gave them the money, and uh, that wasn't the problem. Although Elizabeth Warden did beat him about the face and breast, chest, neck, and head over that one. Mike in Wayne, hello. Greg, how you doing? Listen, my daddy always used to tell me, Joey, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, and don't forget plausible deniability. <laughs> Come on, man. Now, Greg, the, hypocr- the, the hypocrisy of all this it's stunning to me that people can't see what's going on here. I mean, Bill Clinton played hide your cigar with Monica Lewinsky in the Oval Office, and these very same people are saying that was no big deal, but Trump should go to jail for this. I, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. And by the way, that uh, he met uh, Stormy Daniels, I think it was like in the year 2004. So it's almost 20 years ago. Hey, you know who else was there? Like, you know, well, Donald Trump should not have been you know, anywhere near Stormy Daniels. Well, here are some of the other celebrities who were there that weekend. You ready for this? Uh, Dan Quayle, Lance Armstrong, Ray Romano. uh, uh, Let's see here. Uh, John Elway. um, Ben Rosselsberger. I mean, there are some big shots there. Big, big, big shots. And 
Hey, you know, when you're, when you're famous and rich, they can just say just about anything about you. They can say anything. They can say anything in your, uh, and you got a great big target on your back, of course. Great big target. So he's going to survive this. And you know what? With this Bob Costello thing with Rudy and, uh, this thing might be crumbling. They, and they may be getting scared right about now. I mean, they, do they really want to do this? Let's do one more. Hey, Sandra. Hello. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back to you. Um, you know, Dan Bongino said something that if if this goes forward and people protest, he said emphatically, please make sure that we do it peacefully. And I know we will, but I worry about the troublemakers who might try to distort the truth like they did on January 6th. And also, um, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, of course. And let's be clear about what we mean about protests. We do mean peaceful protests. And by that, I also mean, you know, we can't go out there and stop traffic. You can't go out there and get in anybody's faces. You know, look, I see it all the time down there at criminal court. I remember when DSK was coming in and out. Remember Dominique Strauss-Kahn? All the, the, the maids from the union would get all there and they would, they would yell and scream, as was their right. And uh, there's a place to do that. There is a place to do that, and we're allowed to do that if you want to do that. I, I do fear, by the way, the whole January 6th setup stuff. I'm worried, and I'm right. worried about Antifa. That's one of the reasons why I'm not going down there. Uh, anyway, what else? Well, then I also I worry about them taking a picture of him, you know, with the orange suit and, and whatever they do. Because, you know, what that's going to do is going to be like subliminal messaging. People that are not informed are going to get the wrong, untruth message. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I, I, you know what? I'm, and now I'm, I'm just feeling like this, this may not actually go forward. Now, technically speaking, they don't actually release mugshots anymore in New York City. They haven't done that for a long time. Do you remember when they released Mayor de Blasio's daughter, uh, Shireen Kareen? What the hell was her name? Uh, anyway, uh, remember she went to a Black Lives Matter rally riot and made a spectacle out of herself and she got arrested and somebody leaked her mugshot and it was like a big scandal i don't understand why but it was a big scandal they actually don't put mugshots out anymore the idea that they would actually bring him up here for this stuff i mean i uh it's i mean half the time i'm like mr hond in fast times at ridgemont high am i hallucinating am i hallucinating here spicoli hey some of these republicans are not are not impressive. Do we have the do we have the DeSantis stuff? All right, so this is DeSantis. All weekend long, he was mums the word. Didn't say a damn thing all weekend long. I, I think over the, this weekend was a time for supporters of Donald Trump, admirers, friends, allies, even if you don't like Donald Trump. I think if you had a public platform this past weekend, you needed to say something about it. And I did. I tweeted very simply. Um... God save President Trump. I'm very proud of that tweet, actually. I think it uh, it's, uh, that it's, it says it all, if you will. All right, here's Ron DeSantis. Let's see what he says. Well, I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. The, the Manhattan District Attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the, sky, the, the crime rate go up 
and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so you're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. All right, stop. That's the dig. That's the dig. All right. He's trying, he's having a, he didn't say anything all weekend long. And now he's saying that. And look, the stuff he said about Soros and uh, this prosecutor, all good, all, all correct. Um, and it's fine. I guess I'm nitpicking here. Let me hear the rest. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. I also think it's important to point out when you're talking about these Soros-funded prosecutors, yes, they may do a high-profile politicized prosecution, uh, and that's bad, but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. They ignore crime and they empower criminals, and that hurts people. It hurts a lot of people every single day. These Soros district attorneys are a menace to society, and I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from... Yeah, good for him. All right, so what do I give him? I give him an A-minus overall, all right? A little, the little dig on Trump I didn't like, and the delay. Maybe I give him a B plus, 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 because all that stuff is easy to say. We all know it. Plenty of plenty of critics of the Soros thing. So he could have exerted some leadership a little bit early on. And this isn't just a rumor, okay? This has been out there. This is, hell, the New York Times, they're trying to say that Donald Trump is the one uh, driving this. No. On, let's see here, March 9th, New York Times, prosecutors signal criminal charges for Trump are likely. The former president was told that he could appear before a Manhattan grand jury next week if he wishes to testify, a strong indication that an indictment could soon follow. All right? He's not making this up. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It should be 43 minutes even on that, okay? Thank you. Ah, hey, what else is going on? I mean, this is, it hasn't happened yet, all right? So there's that. The other thing, did you see this big fake news project? Everyone is jumping up and down saying that uh, Jimmy Carter would have won re-election in 1980 had it not been for a secret mission uh, by a guy named John Conley, a Republican who went over to the Middle East and told everybody he could Leaders of um, Egypt, Jordan, Syria, they say, you guys have got to talk to the leaders of Iran and tell them do not release the hostages until Reagan gets in office because you'll get a much better deal. Wait until after the election. Now, this allegedly happened in the summer of 1980, and we're hearing it now for the first time, although this has been rumored for a long time, you know, that uh, that Jimmy Carter wanted to ha- get the hostages released before the election, and it would have been what they called a October surprise. And the Reagan people were, understandably, a little bit concerned about that. If he if he releases the hostages in October, you know, could that would that change the election? Um, I think this has been overblown. 
and because it overlooks the idea that, uh, well, we all know that Carter was a totally failed president, miserable. He was the worst president ever, right up, right up until Joe Biden. All right, Joe Biden gets that uh, title now. But remember the Malays speech? Remember how bad he tried to make people feel about America, even about yourselves? He was uh, the strangest. How the hell did that guy actually become president? He was a one-term governor of Georgia. One term. That's it. One term. 1970 to 1974. Why him? Jimmy Carter? Um, very strange. Didn't seem to like America. Was ashamed of America. No leadership potential. No leadership capacity whatsoever. I heard he was great in a nuclear sub. Take him out of the submarine. He didn't know what the hell to do. And um, remember the botched rescue mission? Now, that rescue mission did not have to go the way it did. Desert One, the big calamity in the desert. Anyway, the New York Times comes out and says that John Conley uh, went over to the Middle East with a guy named Bob Barnes and told everybody, don't let the hostages go until Reagan gets elected. You'll get a much better deal. And Bob Barnes, John Conley's dead. Uh, Bob Barnes is like 90, and he's telling the story now. Bob Barnes. I looked up Bob Barnes. And I don't believe Bob Barnes. Number one, Bob Barnes, a little bit like John Conley, is a bit of a dummy. They were both um, very striking men in their prime. Very striking, you know. I mean, John Conley looked like a president. Just looked like a president. I mean, my gosh, he's six foot two. He's got that big shock of white hair. He's, oh, gosh, this guy must be president. There are people like that who just look a certain way. And they're in politics, like, and they were saying that about Bob Barnes. This man will be president. Well, Bob uh, was a little bit corrupt, apparently. And some say, well, that was never established. Eh, we kind of knew. <laughs> and even the stuff that, like, is not officially corrupt is pretty damn corrupt. He ran, he, <laughs> he was the lobbying, uh, he, he ran a lobbying company that did lobbying work for the state lottery in Texas, all right? I don't know why they would need a lot of lobbyists, whatever. For that job, he got $32 million and a piece of each lottery ticket. <laughs> he became a multi-multi-millionaire in politics, via politics. I don't believe a word of it. Ronald Reagan won that election fair and square. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, <clears throat> this is me. All right, we're here. It's live. It's right now. And <laughs> all right, new information. And it looks to me like this Bob Costello, Robert Costello, could blow this thing wide open. He knows stuff about Michael Cohen and what he did and what he didn't do. Uh, and he was authorized. He, he actually served as a lawyer for Michael Cohen several years ago. And it looks to me like he is going to go to the grand jury and it could put a it could put the kibosh on this whole damn thing. All right. Times. A Manhattan grand jury that is expected to vote soon on whether to indict Donald J. Trump may hear testimony Monday today attacking the prosecution's star witness, according to people with knowledge of the matter. The testimony would come from a lawyer, Robert J. Costello, who would appear at the request of Mr. Trump's lawyers, the people said. Mr. Costello was once a legal advisor to Michael Cohen, Mr. Trump's former fixer, the Times says, who has been a key witness for the Manhattan DA's office. 
Mr. Costello and Mr. Cohn had a falling out, and Mr. Costello would appear solely to undermine Mr. Cohn's credibility, the people said. Under New York law, a person who is expected to be indicted can request that a witness appear on his or her behalf. Mr. Trump's lawyers have asked that Mr. Costello testify, but the final decision rests with the grand jury. It is unclear whether they have made a decision. The grand jury has been hearing evidence about the former president's involvement in a hush money payment to a porn star. By the way, why do we always call her a porn star? I mean, is everybody it it seems like anybody who's in porn is a star. I don't think it works that way. I mean, there are probably, you know, you got your stars and then you got your you know, supporting uh, actors and actresses and extras. And but if you take off your clothes in a movie and have sex, you are a porn star, according to uh, just about everybody. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think that's true. Uh, Mr. Costello's appearance would come soon after Mr. Cohen concluded his own grand jury testimony. If Mr. Costello testifies, there is also a chance that Mr. Cohen will be asked to return to rebut some of Mr. Costello's assertions. A spokeswoman for the district attorney's office declined to comment, as did Mr. Costello. A lawyer for Mr. Cohen, Lonnie Davis, declined to comment. The district attorney, Alvin Bragg, a Democrat, is expected to seek an indictment of Mr. Trump as soon as this week. There have been several signals that charges may be imminent. The prosecutors gave Mr. Trump an opportunity to testify, a right given to people who will soon face indictment. They have now questioned nearly every major player in the hush money saga in front of the grand jury. Mr. Cohen made the $130,000 hush money payment to the porn star Stormy Daniels to bury her story of an affair with Mr. Trump. The payment came in the run-up to the 2016 presidential election, and Mr. Trump subsequently reimbursed Mr. Cohen. Everybody loses. <laughs> Mr. Cohen got his money. Everybody got their money. There's no victim. Nobody stole. Nobody embezzled. You can't even this is not money laundering. What is it? Prosecutors are expected to accuse Mr. Trump of overseeing the false recording of the reimbursements in his company's internal records. Well, they're internal records. What difference does it make? The records falsely stated that the payments of Mr. Cohen were for legal expenses. I'd call that a legal expense, right? I mean, is that a le- what, what, how is that not a legal expense? Got a lawsuit, and uh, we're settling. It's a pretty big legal expense. It's expensive, $130,000 for most people. That's expensive. It's a legal expense. Mr. Trump has denied all wrong- wrongdoing as well as having had an affair with Ms. Daniels, and has blasted the investigations as politically motivated. He's also called Mr. Bragg a Democrat and the first black person to serve as the district attorney a racist. Well, I did see something that was pretty racist from uh, Mr. Bragg over the weekend. Sat down for a long interview with some guy, and he's complaining that Lee Zeldin criticized him in a, in a, in a TV commercial because he's got these crazy soft-on-crime policies. It's funny. They actually asked him, hey, uh, Mr. Bragg, are you soft on crime? And he's like, well, I, you know, I, I am I'm, I'm focused on restorative justice. OK, so are you soft on crime? Well, I am focused on. OK, he's soft on crime. He, he knows he's soft on crime. He's got a real hang up about cops, a real chip on his shoulder, quite frankly. And he said that, let's see, that Lee Zeldin was being racist because he used his picture in an ad. And what's his name? Uh, Alvin Bragg said, I noticed I was the only black person in the ad. 
Well, you're the only black D. You're the only DA. I mean, what difference does it? What? what, what that's your what? We're not supposed to use your face because you're black. What? And he said it was a Willie Horton moment. Remember Willie Horton, which was also, by the way, a totally legitimate ad. Those those who claim racism all the time. Remember when everything's racist, nothing's racist. Mr. Costello's appearance in the grand jury on Monday would likely kick off a string of attacks from Mr. Trump's lawyers on Mr. Cohen's credibility. Is there a problem with that? They always make it sound like he's doing something nefarious or non-standard. If the case goes to trial, they are expected to highlight that Mr. Cohen himself pleaded guilty to federal crimes in 2018, stemming from the hush money payment, and to bring up other episodes from the former fixer's personal history. Well, if the case goes to trial, they are expected to highlight that Mr. Cohen himself pleaded guilty to federal crimes in 2018, stemming from the hush money payment. That's actually a very cutesy little statement there. In 2018, he pleaded to federal crimes uh, guilty of uh, tax evasion. And all kinds of screwing around he did with banks and his licenses and tax. At the very, very end, they threw in, for political purposes, this stuff about the the check. Makes no sense whatsoever. Everybody understands that. These people really are bastards. They really are. They don't have any respect for the Constitution. They don't have any respect. They hate it. If you think, this is the offshoot. This is the offshoot of uh, Black Lives Matter, oh, by the way. When you say the system is inherently racist, is inherently white supremacist, remember all that nonsense? And you get corporate America to buy into it. Well, then you want to get rid of that system. And you have, and you think the, the system the way it was is stinks. So now you're using it for your own purposes, for your own vendettas? Prosecutors may have to counter that Mr. Cohen was lying about the hush money payment on Mr. Trump's behalf and has been consistent in telling of his story in recent years, in recent years. Okay, that's been going on. Mr. Costello is likely to argue that Mr. Cohen can't be trusted, you think? In 2018, as Mr. Cohen was facing the federal investigation into the hush money, a mutual friend introduced the two men. Mr. Costello offered to represent Mr. Cohen, and they spent hours meeting and speaking by phone. That guy is a motor mouth. He'll talk to anybody. He'll talk to anybody, as long as it's about him and his uh, dirty deeds. As a Republican lawyer with ties to Mr. Trump's legal team, Mr. Costello offered to serve as a bridge between Mr. Cohen and the president's lawyers. At one point, Mr. Costello contacted one of Mr. Trump's lawyers to ask if the president might pardon Mr. Cohen. Hmm. But the pardon never came, and Mr. Cohen never formally retained Mr. Costello. Mr. Cohen later waived their attorney-client privilege, Mr. Costello has said. Their relationship worsened as Mr. Cohen broke from Mr. Trump and became one of his primary antagonists. We will not be involved in that journey, Mr. Costello wrote Mr. Cohen in a 2018 email, adding that his law firm will be sending you a bill. When it came, Mr. Cohen refused to pay. How about that one, huh? (laughs) What a bum. What a bum in every respect. And this guy is celebrating. I see him, by the way. I see him around town. I see him and, uh, you know... He gets recognized, and he loves it. He just loves it. He loves the attention. Oh, look at me. Uh, And this is what he never got, quite frankly, when he was around Donald Trump. Much attention, much respect. Matter of fact, there's a big profile of Donald Trump in in 2015, and the reporter, Gabriel Sherman, is talking to uh, Trump in his office, and he he writes this in the story. At one point, a middle-aged man enters the room. What do you want, Mike? Uh, I just wanted to show you something, and the man scurries away. <laughs> that was Michael Cohen. What do you want, Mike? 
he's just trying to make himself uh, relevant. One of them make himself a thing. Bob in Spring Lake, hello. Greg, I don't want to repeat anything you said. You're doing an absolutely fantastic job in your presentation with all the facts. But isn't it quite ironic that at this time of year, as Christians are observing the season of Lent and we're heading towards the fact of celebrating Good Friday in a couple of weeks, how Jesus went through his own crucifixion and then he had the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And right now, Donald Trump is going through his own personal political cr- crucifixion with these rotten people that are out there trying to destroy his reputation. But I believe in my heart and soul that he's going to rise to the top. Jesus rose from the dead. Donald Trump's going to rise to the top. This is only going to make him better in terms of in the likes of the people that are out there. And I believe he's going to win this whole thing overall. That's all I wanted to say. Well, I think that's a beautiful statement. And uh, I, 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 I love it. I, I, I think you're uh, you're on to something here. Very, very much so. Thank you very much. And by the way, I, I see that the the NHL. Funny that you should mention all this because um, the NHL. You know they've been the National Hockey League. They are. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. You know that there are some players out there on Pride Night who did not want to wear the LGBTQ plus NHL stuff. On Pride Night, they gave the NHL, the hockey players, a bunch of uh, you know paraphernalia that they should wear that had the rainbow and this and that and LGBTQ. Right? Has nothing to do with hockey. Zero to do with hockey. Hockey is about as the last thing you're thinking about when you're watching hockey or playing hockey is sex. Okay, with anybody, it's just the most asexual activity I can imagine. Hockey. Anyway, there were some guys out there who said, "Look." Uh, <laughs> This is this makes us uncomfortable. We don't want to talk about LGBTQ, and uh, we don't want to wear these patches. Oh, holy, oh, boy, yeah, they wanted to string these guys up from a tree. And uh, it really was uh, bad news. And ultimately, they did not have to, they did not have to wear it. They did not have to wear it. But listen to the statement that, that they put out, NHL, all right? Because there's a second player who said, I don't want to wear the pride stuff which I think is your right, and it has nothing to do with hockey. They're ruining everything, by the way. Listen to what NHL said. As we promote these standards, we also acknowledge and accept the rights of individuals to express themselves, including how and whether they choose to express their beliefs, regardless of the cause or topic. All right? Then they go on. That was very antiseptic. Listen to the next part. As an organization... We will not waver in our support of the LGBTQIA plus community and continue to encourage others to engage in active allyship. Let me compare the two. It's a two-line statement. As we promote these standards, we also acknowledge and accept the rights of individuals to express themselves, including how and whether they choose to express their beliefs, regardless of the cause or topic. All right, so they support. They No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh, actually. No, they don't support. They accept and acknowledge. We acknowledge and accept the rights of individuals to express themselves, including on how or whether they choose to express their beliefs, regardless of... Wow. Okay, you acknowledge it. How big of you? You accept how big of you. But when it comes to gay stuff... You will not waver in your support of the LGBTQIA plus community and continue to encourage, encourage others to engage in active allyship. What in the freaking hell is that? 
the NHL. This is about, let's take it from the top here. Citing his religious beliefs, San Jose Sharks goalie James Reimer has declined to participate in pregame activities on Saturday night that would require him to wear a promotional pride-themed jersey. Reimer issued a statement that said he always strived to treat everyone with respect and that members of the LGBTQ community should be welcome in hockey. In this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in life. Amen. The goalie is the second NHL player to refuse to wear pride gear. Philadelphia's Ivan Provorov made the same decision. Hey, by the way, what the hell's up with Pride Night? It's March. Isn't Pride stuff in, in when? The summer? June, July? Pride. The New York Rangers also opted not to wear Pride jerseys or use Pride stick tape as part of their night in January, despite previously advertising the plan. The Sharks said in a statement they are proud to host Pride Night, saying the event reinforces the team's commitment to inclusiveness. But they're tolerating, barely tolerating, those who believe in God. And how about that? Keep expressing your unwavering support for the crap that has nothing to do with hockey. Go out there and be, uh, do we celebrate straightness? Do we ever do that? No, we shouldn't. And we shouldn't celebrate this stuff either. It's all crap. Straight, gay, it's all irrelevant. Keep it the hell out. And oh, by the way, (laughs) what did that guy say? Where did he say he said it better? I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in life. Hallelujah to James Reimer. San Jose Sharks goalie. You never know where your heroes are going to be. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Remember, once again, everyone's talking about this silly, uh, meritless case against Trump, which may or may not go forward because Robert Costello is in the grand jury room right now, and this could turn everything upside down. And uh, this may not actually happen after all. But, 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 um, remember this. We're not talking about China. All that money, the millions of dollars that came from China that went to the Bidens. And why Why should we be talking about it now? Because we've known about this for a while. Well, last week, for the first time, we have governmental, governmental confirmation. Uh, the Oversight Committee chair is not, it's a big difference when you, when you got the chair, when you got the authority as opposed to the minority. Uh, you got the chair, you got subpoena power, and the minor, the majority has the information uh, from the U.S. Treasury and from Bank of America that $3 million went from China in March of 2017, March through May of 2017, to the Biden family. One hundred one million of that was liquefied and split between Hunter, uh, James Biden, the brother of Joe, and Haley Biden for some reason the daughter-in-law, who Hunter was hooking up with. Uh, that happened, and it, the figure, over a million dollars. And for a long time, they said, well, no, 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 we didn't do any business with China. We don't do any business. Well, we may have done some business, but we lost money. Oh, no. then last week they said, uh, yeah, we made money, and it was legitimate. It was a legitimate company, and we were due that million dollars. That's a big change in what they've been telling us and uh, what what actually Joe Biden told all of us in 2020. Should we do the Trump question first? Let's just do the let's just do Joe Biden uh, lying to the American people again. Cut 19. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. 
I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. That's pretty clear, right? Nobody else has made money. Hunter's own lawyers have confirmed that they made a million plus from China. And that number is going to grow. They're going to have to confirm and confirm again as the committee gets more and more receipts, documents, data. Uh, why are they protecting this guy? Can you explain that to me? Can anyone explain that to me? What does what does anybody owe him? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, so today, right now, Robert Costello, a former lawyer for uh, Michael Cohen, is testifying before the grand jury right now. Costello is a good guy. He's uh, loyal to uh, our side. He's one of us. And uh, although, you know, he's a lawyer, he's got to call it like he sees it and he's got certain duties. And he actually represented Michael Cohen for a little while. And he actually had permission to engage in and on the record, Cohen wanted him to do it, a book. A book that came out a couple of years ago. Robert Costello, the attorney for Michael Cohen, participated in this book project. And um, there's a lot in this book that they're hearing in the grand jury room right now. All right. Robert Costello. He also happens to be friendly with uh, Rudy Giuliani Costello. And there's a big backstory. But anyway, they're, they're, they're in a conference room at the Regency Hotel. They'd never met before. And uh, let's see here. Cohn said he would have done the same way. Let me go back a little bit. I am cooperating. I'm cooperating. I'm doing anything they want. Costello, who, okay, let me just go back. Sorry about this. Um, all right. Michael Cohen is under a lot of pressure. He's moaning. He's groaning. He's like, I can't believe this. Everyone's giving me a hard time about this Stormy Daniels. I didn't do anything wrong. So <clears throat> the pressure is overwhelming. Over the weekend, I was up on the roof of the hotel, seriously contemplating jumping off, Cohn said. Costello, who'd never met, Cone stole a glance at his law partner. Is he serious? Uh, one thing I can tell you is that I'm never going to spend one day in jail. Never. I will do whatever the hell I have to do, but I will not spend one day in jail, Cohen told them. It was a refrain he'd repeat during pauses in the two-and-a-half-hour conversation. Sort of like commercial breaks, Costello thought. Costello told Cohn that the pressure he was feeling was by design. The FBI and federal prosecutors wanted him to believe he had no other option but to cooperate. But I am cooperating. He turned over documents to the congressional committees investigating Russia interference in the 2016 election and allowed special counsel Robert Mueller and his team to review transcripts of his testimony. He neglected to mention that he'd challenged an attempt by Mueller to obtain his Trump Organization emails and that he'd lied to Congress about the duration and extent of his efforts to close the Trump Tower Moscow deal. Cohn said he would have done the same for federal agents and prosecutors in New York who raided him. All they had to do was ask, and I would have turned over whatever they wanted. Cohen insisted that he had no exposure beyond his involvement in the hush money deals with Stormy Daniels. But Costello, he's a smart guy, suspected that federal agents had more on him. Would justice, the main Justice Department, really approve a search of an attorney's office premised on possible campaign finance violations? The vast majority of election-related cases were handled civilly not criminally, and resulted in fines. I swear to God, Bob, there's nothing that I did with the Trump organization and nothing I did in the past that violated the law. 
It wasn't unusual for a suspect in a criminal investigation to hold back during his first meeting with lawyers, even though the conversation was privileged. Sometimes it took two or three meetings before a new client would open up. So Costello pressed on, asking Cohen to talk about the nondisclosure agreement with Daniels and American Media's contract with McDougal. And it goes on like this. Trying to find out where it actually goes. Um, Hold on. When Costello... Giuliani's voice seemed to stiffen. The president will not discuss pardons with anyone right now. Costello told this to Cohen, and Cohen was subdued. Costello had told him what to expect, but Cohen held out hope that his McDermott lawyer... Ah, brother, it's all confusing. Sorry I got into this. It's um, it's the stuff that they're... It's all nonsense. It's all trivial little things from seven years ago. And look at what they're putting our president through. Who was right every step of the way. Cut 18 one more time. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. By the way, he said Joe made money. Joe made money. He's accusing Joe. Listen to the denial from Joe Biden. He denies everything, but he's very specific about it. All Trump has said, we got to give 10% to the big guy. But he said Joe made all the money. He didn't say anything about Hunter made. And listen to the denial. Cut 19. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. <laughs> this is this is smoking gun evidence that we have right now from the committee. It's everywhere. At this moment, uh, President Xi of China is meeting with uh, Putin. How about that? You know what's happening to our power and our influence throughout the world? It's diminishing. Why is that? I think it has a lot to do with the amount of money that Joe and his family got from China. Why else would Joe be so soft? Cut 27, please. Chinese surveillance balloon that went across the country. Uh, You uh, ordered our military to fighter jets to shoot it down off the coast of South Carolina. But Republicans are saying you look weak. Mike Gallagher, the congressman, said... Uh, He's an impressive guy, isn't he? Inexplicable that you didn't shoot it down earlier. Marco Rubio said it was dereliction of duty not to immediately tell the public about this. You see, and he's laughing. You see, that always an impressive guy. He's laughing. He's got a big smile on his face. Cut 28. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit, no. frankly? No. 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 They just killed a million of our people with COVID that came from a lab, and they're flying intelligence uh, balloons over our country, and they haven't taken a hit. He hasn't even talked to President Xi. He hasn't talked to him. Remember how he used to boast about how well he knew President Xi, cut 25? I've spent more time with Xi Jinping in China than any world leader has. When I was vice president all the way through to now, over 78 hours with him alone, eight, nine of those hours on the phone and the others in person, traveling 17,000 miles with him. 
in the world. I spent more time yeah. with Xi Jinping than anybody, any other head of state. So he brags and, about how close he is, right? So we all know that. And now it's like, okay, so obviously you're going to call President Xi. You've had a talk with him. What's going on? He knows that normal people, after hearing all that bragging, would think that. So listen to how he deceives, how he tries to confuse the, the matter. Cut 29. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. I know. I talked to him. So the balloon just happened. It sounds like you just talked to him, right? So you talked to him since the balloon. The balloon was last month. So you talked to him in the last month. No, he didn't. That comes out. Cut 30. You've talked to... I talked to Xi Jinping before, I, and our, our team talks to their people. I talked to Xi Jinping before our team talks to their people. He's in the act of deceiving this uh, silly interviewer, Judy Woodruff. I talked to him before, meaning before now. She's on to it. I'll give her that. But she tips toes around it. Uh, let's see here. I talked to him before. See how he's trying to convey that he's talking to him before? Before what? Cut 31. During this and yeah, since? Yeah, after this. I haven't talked to him during this. Oh. <laughs> he, at first, he, he's, he's trying to... One more time on that. He's very But during this, and he says, yeah, and then he realizes he can't actually, so he does a U-turn. Cut 31. During this and yeah, since? Yeah, after this. I haven't talked to him during this. Oh. See, yeah, after. I haven't talked to him during this. He says, yeah, <laughs> It's just fascinating or what? I think it's interesting. Cut 31 one more time. During this and yeah, since? Yeah, after this. I haven't talked to him during this. Oh. 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 You could have just said that right away. But, oh, you're playing a game with us. All right? Because that's what you do. You're not an honest person. You're a deceptive little snake. Cut 32. But look, I mean, <laughs> the idea shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America um, and uh, is and that break, that t- makes relations worse. Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look. We're not looking for conflict, and uh, and that's been the case so far. Yeah. Well, we just don't want any trouble here. Please don't give us any trouble. We're not looking for trouble. You know, we just want to be left alone. How weak is this? They know it. They can smell it. We're screwed. We're finished with this guy. Finished. Finished. There's only one guy who can stop him, our guy. Let's bring Bill in from Huntington. Yes. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Oh, you want to know what a porn star is? She's just the girl featured on the box cover. Everybody else is a porn girl. How the hell do you know that? And by the way, who the hell buys porn in a box anymore? No, 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 no. The, the the box, the DVD comes in. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Who buys those anymore? There are more efficient ways to access this stuff. Not that I know anything about that, but you know what I mean. You're religious. That's fine. No, Bill, I'm just saying. Say? I'm not. I'm not. I mean, Bill, you're talking about. How do you know the distinction between porn star and porn girl? And yes, I have seen porn. I do think it's destructive. Uh, I'm being serious here. It's it's really warping the minds of kids, adolescents. I mean, the unreasonable, the ludicrous expectations. Uh, forget about uh, you know, <laughs> no sex before marriage. That seems to be right. I mean, it's just it's hideous. But I have uh, seen it, and uh, 
I used to have a very different attitude about it, but you made a very, uh, you know, a, a specific distinction between porn Look. star and porn girl. I would imagine that you have worked in the industry or uh, maybe in the video industry or something. I've watched the behind-the-scenes uh, stuff on a DVD. That's what I know. All right. Well, thanks for the update. Listen, no, no, listen, listen. Find out what she's got to be over forty by now. Who cares? She wouldn't be. She wouldn't be featured if she didn't have the publicity. Oh, you mean she's exploiting this moment? Uh, she exploited Trump uh, to get publicity and money. Yeah, I know that. I yeah, made that point well, a million times on sixty minutes. She says she tells Anderson Cooper, who, by the way, <laughs> if you can believe this, asks her if a condom was used. Anderson Cooper asked that question to her face. I, it, it, but she says, um, what did she say again? She said, oh, yeah, I have no reason to lie. And then I went to her website that very night. And it's like, meet the mistress of the president, you know, and go to these following locations, Milwaukee, Las Vegas, Boston. She's on tour. She's on tour. She's milking it. Right. I mean, that uh, I guess that is a porn star for you. Uh, thank you, Dave in uh, Long Island. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Greg. Uh, I just wanted to go back to a point you started to make in the very beginning of the uh, broadcast about uh, wanting to do something about this indictment or possible indictment tomorrow. Uh, and another woman chimed in and saying about uh, protesting that it could be a big problem. And uh, listening to Dick Morris over the weekend, he made that exact point, which is he's encouraging people to stay out of it. Antifa is going to be out there. They're going to be uh, motored up with whatever they've got. They've got money. They've got the means. So I'm just yeah. saying. No, I understand. I Look, it's a, their January 6th thing uh, all over again. You know what I mean? We know how that was a great big setup. So it's something to think about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if anybody is going to go and protest, uh, you know, you got to do it legally, obviously. And by the way, taking over a street is not legal. You can't shut down traffic. Like Black Lives Matter did. All the stuff they did that they said was peaceful was not peaceful. Can't do any of that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, Dave. Good points. Uh, Anne in Staten Island. Hello. Hi, Greg. Greg, uh, I have a few things quick I will say. Your show is you're a thousand percent on. You're right on everything. Uh, I listened to the podcast of you interviewing Barbara. So interesting. Such an interesting. She seems like a sweet woman. Uh, I do not like DeSantis anymore. I think he's a rhino. I believe that he um, copied all of the mannerisms of President Trump, and I don't like him anymore. I feel that he is uh, he's just not truthful, and he's with Paul Ryan and the whole group. And one more thing. Hey, one Michael thing about DeSantis. I'll give this to DeSantis. Well, no, you're right about this. <laughs> I was going to say the establishment doesn't like what he's saying about Ukraine. Because suddenly he's uh, he seems like he's a little bit, uh, you know, he's not on board with the gravy train, you know, sending all the sending billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars and not talking about peace and not talking about a ceasefire at all. He's saying, you know, we got to find some other options here. So the establishment seems a little bit annoyed with him. Uh, what was it? That's the statement that he made today. Did you not like that one? Oh, not at all. No, I didn't. I felt that uh, I didn't let me hear that he... one second. Let me hear what this let me hear what DeSantis said again. 
Oh, I don't uh, remember what. No, it's no, no, you got it. No, oh, we don't have it handy. No, 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 Ann, hold on a second. We got it. You got it. No, we don't. All right, all right. Keep going. What's your other point? He mentioned the porn star. My other point was that uh, Michael Savage, who I also like very much, was at, at dinner last night with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago. And if you go on michaelsavage.com, my uh, President Trump looks like he's sixty years old. He looks marvelous, and. Um, I just had to bring that up. And it is amazing. It is amazing. The guy thrives when other people would be, you know, curled up in a, in the fetal position in a closet on the floor. You know, he is. Uh, he's still on top. Do we have it now? We ha- all right. Let me hear this DeSantis guy. Well, I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this: the the Manhattan District Attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50 percent of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes and what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the, sky, the, the crime rate go up. All right. There's not much you can argue with here, and uh, thank you. I got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you want to know why, um, why Cohen is doing what he's doing and has done what he's done, uh, here's that book, The Fixers. Cohen also told Bob Costello, the lawyer close to Giuliani, who was still trying to get him to resign a retainer agreement, that the president and his people were throwing him under the bus. Costello tried to talk Cohen off the ledge and stop him from breaking with the president, telling him that his adversaries, the media speculating about when he'd be arrested or flip, Michael Avenatti, the prosecutors, were rooting for him to turn on Trump. The whole objective of this exercise by the Southern District is to drain you emotionally and financially until you reach a point that you see them as your only means to salvation, Costello emailed him. You are making a very big mistake if you believe the stories these journalists are writing about you. They want you to cave. They want you to fail. They do not want you to persevere and succeed. If you really believe you are not being supported properly by your former boss, then you should make that position known. But Cohen had become gruff with the lawyer and largely stopped engaging. Making it worse, Trump refused to answer when reporters at a White House press gaggle asked if Cohen was still his friend. I always liked Michael Cohen. I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Well, yeah, he's and this 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 sends Cohen off the deep end. All right. This is what did it. And this book is interesting. What he's saying right there, I think his testimony was available and they got it through unholy means i gotta go in a moment barbara hello hi greg hey i'm in orlando florida along with 65 percent of the house republicans now they don't know they're they don't know i'm here but i know they're here (laughs) staying at a hotel where the um congressional institute is holding their annual conference for republicans so i had a nice chat last night with uh, Jim Jordan from Ohio. Wow. And, yeah, and your name came up, by the way. Huh. <laughs> yes, and he said you are a great guy. He was talking about he was just in on Long Island to visit friends, and I said, oh, where were you? 
And he said he was in Garden City. And I said, oh, I have lovely friends from Garden City. And I have one friend who grew up in Garden City. I said, Greg Kelly from Newsmax. And he said, oh, Greg Kelly is a great guy. Uh, actually, and with and with Congressman Jordan, I know he means it. I like him and he likes me. He's a good, good guy. Uh, well, he, thank you. He is, he is awesome. And he is here along with these other Republicans. I've spoken to a few of them just in the hallways. I don't want to be obnoxious. They're here. They want their privacy. They have at least 300 Capitol Police here for security. There are, are bomb-sniffing dogs or whatever they are everywhere and security everywhere. But I got a glance at their program, and they are discussing the economy, the economy, the economy. They're discussing the border. They are discussing the lawlessness in our country. And they are discussing parents needing the right to control what their children learn and are not indoctrinated. Imagine that. I mean, my gosh, these things that we have to fight for, which used to be automatic. Well, Barbara, it's so appropriate that you're there. If you want to hear the uh, conversation I had with Barbara, extended, you go to greatkellypodcast.com. It's all there. Hey, sorry I didn't get to more calls. Uh, I, uh, John, Tom, Peter, the rest, I uh, will take care of you later. And uh, many thanks, everybody. Uh, tr- this is not a done deal with the Trump indictment, okay? Stand by. Number one, if anything happens, it's not happening tomorrow, I do believe. I'll be back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh. The joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.